We've been, uh, we started a series, as I said earlier, on famous verses from the Bible, and we've been looking at famous verses from the Bible, and we'll be back in Old Testament, and it's found in the book of Isaiah. I want you to stand with me for the reading of God's Word. It is the last verse in chapter 40 of the book of Isaiah. This is one of the most popular verses in your Old Testament, and there's a reason for it. And the reason this is such an, uh, a popular verse of Scripture in your Old Testament is because it hooks up with the New Testament in an incredible way. We need to understand, too, that this verse 31 is the key to waiting on the Lord. It's the key to waiting on the Lord. All the things about waiting on the Lord hinges on this verse 31. Also, we need to remember that <coughs> waiting and trusting in the Old Testament, that phrase, waiting and trusting in the Old Testament, is the same as patience and faith in the New Testament. So we need to remember that t uh, trusting the Lord is faith. Amen. And we put our trust in the Lord. Let's look at verse 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. How I many would like to have something new? Strength new. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I want to use for a subject tonight God's waiting room. You may be seated. Did you know the entire story of the Old Testament is God's waiting room? The whole, the entire Old Testament is types, shadows, and pictures of the coming Messiah, the Lord and Savior, Deliverer, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. The Old Testament is the reflection and the beauty of the coming Messiah, the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So in a sense, everybody in the Old Testament was in God's waiting room. And they would wait and trust that God would bring them through. How many would agree that God did and God has and God is bringing them through? Amen. Amen. Because God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. Amen. And so Abraham is still alive. Isaac and Jacob is still alive. Gideon is still alive. David is still alive. They just changed locations. And they are in the presence of the Lord because God is the God of the living, not the God of the dead. Now, I want to point out some things tonight that um, I believe is very important for us to understand. None of us enjoy waiting. I don't enjoy waiting. You don't enjoy waiting. And if things doesn't happen soon, you've got disgruntled people that drove through the drive-thru at the, at the sandwich place, coming in and fussing. If you don't get something quick, you, you get dis, discontented. But God wants to teach us the virtue and the faith of waiting on the Lord. Amen? Waiting on the Lord. What a... Wonderful thought when you think about waiting on the Lord. Did you know waiting on the Lord, it can also be defined as worshiping the Lord? 
didn't think of that. You think, well, worship is shouting, worship is praising, worship is going to church, worship is singing. No, worship, worship is praying, yeah, but worship is also waiting, trusting in the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? I don't like waiting. In fact, when I go to the doctor's for a checkup or go see a doctor, if they don't put me in a half-dress robe and lock me in a patient waiting room or a examination room, I'll be gone. I mean, I just, I, I, I don't like waiting. And the doctor discovered that. My doctor instructed his nurses, when he walks to the door, you get him in a room. And you get him half-dressed so he don't go nowhere. Because I'm not, a, I'm not good at waiting. And I'm talking to some people in this room, you're not good at it either. Hello. How come I feel so lonely at that little wave of a little cool breeze of doubt and unbelief going there? Oh, pastor, I can't believe you're that way. Well, the scripture is very clear that there's a virtue and a power in waiting. And I'm going to share some things tonight that will actually, um, well, you're going to hear some things tonight that some verses have been literally uh, misappropriated in interpretation. And I'm going to share with some, some of those things tonight. How many believe you go to church not only to worship the Lord, praise God, but to learn and to grow in the Lord, amen. And waiting on the Lord is just as much important in your life as praying. Waiting on the Lord is just as important in your life as coming to church and shouting and worshiping the Lord. Because waiting, in the, waiting on the Lord is the high tech of faith, Old Testament trusting, waiting and trusting in the Lord. I um, preached a sermon years ago where there's a scripture in Psalms where it says, my enemies, I wait on the Lord. And I remember I took that little phrase, my enemies, I wait on the Lord. And I, and I, and I used the phrase, boy, are you going to get it? You just wait, you're going to get it. Well, it's important that when we look at God's waiting room, something about a waiting room is there's walls. There's walls. And sometimes those walls are for our protection, and sometimes those walls are to keep us from the very thing we need. In our case, the walls often are walls that's keeping us from what we need from the Lord. A wall of fear, a wall of worry, a wall of unbelief, a wall of anger or resentment or a wall of unforgiveness towards someone. We build walls around us. And because God is such a powerful, loving, amazing gentleman, he will not come in and barge over your wheel to make you behave. He comes inside of us and changes our life and leaves us in the behaving. There's two, there's two B's to this Bible, this book. One is believe and one is behave. I don't have a problem with believing it. It's the behaving part that gets me in trouble sometimes. Hello? Amen. Well, wipe that smirk off your face. Hello. 
I learned that from mama. Wipe that smirk off your face. But trusting in the Lord, there's walls around it. We're in a waiting room. I don't like to wait in a dentist waiting room because I dread what's on the other side of the wall. Hello, you with me? I don't like to wait in a doctor's waiting room because I dread what the doctor will do to me. And I don't like waiting in, I certainly don't like waiting in a courtroom. Hello. Don't like waiting in, in places, you know, where you know the outcome's not gonna be extremely pleasant. But God has put us all in a waiting room. Our whole life is pretty much a waiting room. Oh, we have breakthroughs, we have blessings, but our life pretty much is a, a waiting room. And God wants us to trust him to the point that he can bring us his presence into our life. That he can come to us and bless us with his grace and his mercy. That that, you know, like I said, the Old Testament was a big waiting room. By that I mean the walls of Jericho come tumbling down. By that I mean the veil of the temple was rent from top to bottom. And we were given access into the presence of God. An old covenant being completed by the blood of the lamb and now we have a new covenant by the bro broken bread and the blood of the lamb of God that takes away our sins. We have, we have a, a place where now we're waiting and we're waiting on the soon return of our Jesus Christ. We're waiting on Jesus to return. We're waiting on maybe a healing in our body. We're waiting on maybe a miracle in our life. We're waiting on maybe a lost loved one that needs to come in and get saved. We're waiting on someone to come in uh, to the uh, family and come back home that's maybe wander astray. We're waiting, waiting, waiting. But listen to me. When you wait, don't wait in depression. When you wait, don't wait in discouragement. When you wait, don't wait in, in weariness. When you wait, don't wait alone. Don't wait alone. Don't wait alone. Because in Isaiah 40, verse 31, it says, they that wait upon the Lord, and that word wait in the Hebrew means, it's pronounced, I think, kaval, and it means to bind together in a twist of more than two cords, perhaps three cords, to bind together with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Don't ever sit next to an empty chair in the waiting room. Let Jesus sit beside you. Amen. So when we wait on the Lord, we're just supposed to be busy. I like going out and having steak. Anybody in this room like going out and having steak? I'm a vegetarian. The cows eat the grass and I eat the cow. But um, I, I like going to, for a good steak. I like going to, you know, and, and I like for people to bring me water, soda pop and salads and whatever. And you call them what? Waiters. And them waiters don't sit over in the corner and say, boy, I wish they'd get done and go home. Those waiters don't stand in the corner and say, boy, I'll be glad when they're gone and they leave that good tip on the table. Those waiters are supposed to be waiting on me. They're supposed to be bringing me things and taking care of me. Amen. And I want you to know when you wait on the Lord, you're supposed to be taking care of Him. 
You're supposed to minister to him. Don't ever let a waiting room be a place for your discouragement or a place for your do-nothing spirit. Always remember, while you wait on the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, rejoice, he's coming. While you wait on the blessings of God, rejoice, God Almighty's there. Because in that waiting room is the promises of God. In that waiting room is the word of God. In that waiting room is the presence of God. And so you bind together with God, you worship God, you honor God, you stand on his word while you wait, and God says, okay, keep waiting, I'm coming. Keep waiting. I'm a coming. Keep waiting. I'm a coming. That's called faith, enduring faith. That's called faith standing true. And so many times we want our faith to, you know, we want it to produce for us immediately. And that's not always the case. I love it when God just comes through quickly. I mean, like it when God just comes through quickly. I love it. And your, your word is, oh, wow, I didn't know he was going to do that. Well, you ought to know, you're trusting that he'd do it all for all this time. Amen? Amen. Notice in Psalm 27, verse 14, it says, But wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Now, what happens to the heart? Is he talking about the muscle that pumps blood? No, he's talking about your heart, your, your, your attitude, your spirit, your, your strength. And so he says that you wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and you make sure that you let God strengthen your heart. Don't get depressed. Don't get discouraged. Don't get distraught. Trust the Lord. Remember, remember Joshua 1, 9? Moses, uh, God said in chapter uh, one of Joshua, Moses, my servant is dead. And he says to Joshua, now take this people across Jordan in the promised land. Can you imagine what Joshua thought when he thought, you know, when he got to thinking, I've got to feel the shoes of Moses. No, he didn't. He had to feel the shoes of Joshua. I want you to know, you don't have to feel the shoes of anyone, but your own. Because you make paths for the Lord and you honor God. But Joshua, God told Joshua over and over in chapter 1, be strong. Have a good courage. Be strong. Be courageous. And Joshua 1, 9, he says, have not I commanded thee, be strong. And of a good courage. Be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Wow. Because, see, they were never going to pass that way before. They never crossed Jordan before. They, you know, the spies went across, but they came back really bummed out. Only two of them had it together. And you need to understand that when they went through the Jordan and the priest had the ark and they began to make their way across Jordan, the one thing that God said to Joshua to tell the people, stay back away so you can keep your eye on the ark. Stay back some distance. Keep your eye on the ark because you've never passed this way before. And sometimes God will take you into places you've never went before. He'll bring you into places where, you know, your shoes will take you some places you don't want to go. You'll, God will allow you to face tribulation and trials because you're the best. It ain't because God thinks you're going to fail. It's because God knows you can do it. You say, got proof of that? Job. God had a bet on Job. I don't mean bet like Las, a bet like Las Vegas, but God told the devil, do what you want. He'll, he'll, he'll stay strong. And if you go through something in your life 
It's because God knows you can, ta- you can handle it. God knows you can take it. And that's why he said, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid. Now, that brings me to a verse of Scripture that is so often misinterpreted. That's in Philippians 4, verse 13. I'm not, this is Chris's favorite verse, Philippians 4, verse 13. I was hoping he would be here because I just wanted to straighten him out. Now, I'm kidding. Chris is a good man of God and knows his word. Verse 11, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, that's including Arkansas, therewith be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to be abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Now, we can look at that verse and say, okay, I know what that means. That means that I can do anything that Jesus gives me strength to do. And that's true. But that is a very skim milk interpretation of that verse. It is true, if God tells you to remove a mountain, you can do it. It is true that whatever God calls you to do, if you've got a talent, you can do all things through Christ which strengthens you. That is true. That is true, that you can do anything if God tells you to do it. If he don't tell you to do it, that verse don't apply. But if he tells you to do it, that verse does apply. If God calls you to preach, you can do all things through Christ with strength to me. If God calls you to sing a, a song, lead in worship, you can do all things through Christ with strength to you. If God calls you to go through cancer and a treatment of cancer and bear a hard time, you can do all things through Christ which strengthens you. Whatever you face, you can go through the storm, you can go through the trial. You can, I mean, you can even go through the, the, the heavy burden of a millionaire. But you can do all things through Christ which strengthens you. Now, I've never been a billionaire. I've never been a millionaire. I've never even been a $20 heir. I've never even been a penny heir. But I'm told by some rich people that I knew in the past, they said to me, it's hard. Because everybody's out to get what you got. And it's hard because the government knows you got it. And if the government knows you got it, they want it. So (laughs) I know God has got you just where he wants you. Now, I realize you can do better. I realize that God can raise you up to to places that you're going to do better. But let me explain something about I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. It does mean that if God calls you to do anything or a talent, ability, you can do it. But let's remember this. Though Philippians 4.13 is, I can do this. You know, I can do this. Whatever God calls me to do, I can do this. I can do this because Christ strengthens me. But I want you to know this verse in its context is talking about when you're going through a lot of adversity. At the time Paul was in prison, at this verse, he talked about in verse 12 of Philippians 4. He said, I, I, I know how to be abased. I know how to be abound. Everywhere in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Verse 11 talks about learning to be content, whatever, whatever state you're in. So the depthness or the deepness of this verse is not that you can do anything that God tells you to do. <laughs> I mean, that's a given. Tell me something I don't know. 
If God tells you you can do something, you can do all things through Christ which strengthens you. Be strong with a good courage. But this verse is also speaking in a negative connotation. He's saying if you find yourself in a hard strait, you find yourself in a hard moment, you find yourself in a horrendous storm, you find yourself in a broken home, you find yourself in a shattered dream, you find yourself in a hurt position. What it means is, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me, means, it means keep things going. Keep things done. Keep things going for the Lord. Meaning that God gives us commandments, it's up to us to keep it going. God gives us a life, it's up to us to keep it going. God gives us blessings, it's up to us to keep it going. So that's what it means. God gives you strength in the nasty storms. God gives you strength in all things through Christ which strengthens me. I can go through no matter what happens. I can go through the good, the bad, and the ugly. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I can go through the storm. I can go through sickness. I can go through hell. I can go through persecution. I can go through anything that is about my life because God has commanded me and brought me to a new creation in Christ. God has brought me to the place that I'm a new creature in Christ and I am to be a conqueror, more than a conqueror. And a more than a conqueror isn't someone that goes out and wins, wins, wins. More than a conqueror is someone in the battle will not give up, will stay in there. A more than a conqueror, let me say this, and I mentioned this last Wednesday night, more than a conqueror, when they dipped the saints of old in the Rome in Tyre and oil and they burned them on poles for street lights in Rome and they burned to death on the street lamps as, as human torches. I want to tell you when they died, they were more than a conqueror. When Paul lost his head to Nero and the sword, he's more than a conqueror. When those burned to death on the, on the brush pile of hate against Christianity, they are more than conquerors. Those that died in the faith and died trusting God, they are more than conquerors. And a more than conqueror isn't someone that always wins. A more than conqueror is someone that always walks in the winning state of Christ no matter what we face. Amen. Okay. So I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me simply means we keep things going. We don't give up. God gives us strength to go through whatever we go through. Now, look at Lamentations chapter 3, verse 24 and 25. Lamentations chapter 3. Anybody getting anything out of this? I shouldn't ask that. Sometimes you wonder if they'll respond on a good note. But Lamentations chapter 3, verse 24 and 25, the Lord is my portion. I mean, no, that's a pretty good portion. The Lord is my portion. That's pretty good. Says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. Notice it says in the last part of verse 25, they that wait are unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. The word wait there is to worship him, and the word seeketh him is to press in to his presence, to his blessing. I love that, don't you? The Lord is my portion. 
Now, we're going to come to two phrases, and I'm going to wrap up this verse, Isaiah 40, verse 31, and hope that you'll understand that God didn't promise that we wouldn't have trials. He just promised that we would, he'd never leave us nor forsake us. God promised us that we would be more than conquerors in Christ. God promised us, and he told us, wait. Don't give up, wait. You, you know, you just want to give up, but wait. Wait upon the Lord. God will strengthen you. Just wait. Because waiting on the Lord, that, that word wait means to worship God. While you wait, worship God. While you wait, give God praise. While you wait, stay in church. While you wait, read your Bible. While you wait, trust your God. While you wait, keep a good attitude. While you wait, look to God, honor God, love God. While you wait, let the promises of God bind you together. Let God bind you together like a cord and worship the Lord while you wait. And while you wait, Jesus is coming. While you wait, your breakthrough's coming. While you wait, the walls will come down. While you wait, you'll, you'll hear his voice in the waiting room, come forth. And God will touch you, and he'll bless you. I am grateful for the fact that the Lord takes care of us. Isaiah 64, verse 4. Now, remember I said that Isaiah 40, verse 31 is a key verse to waiting on the Lord, trusting on the Lord. But I want you to notice in Isaiah, it shows us something really interesting in, in uh, 64, verse 4. Isaiah 64, verse 4, where it says, For the, since the beginning of the world men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, neither have they, neither has their eye seen, O God, beside thee, what he hath prepared for him that waiteth for him. I have not seen, ear is not heard, neither is it entered into the heart of man, what God has prepared for you. That's quoted by Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. Paul says, but as it is written, that's Isaiah 64, verse 4, as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man for the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Isn't that beautiful? Wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. I am. One of the hard things in life is trying to understand why things don't always go the way I think they should go. Anybody with me on that? One of the hard things is, you know, I ask God to do this and ask God to do that. And remember Sunday morning I talked about uh, Zacharias and when the angel came and told Zacharias, you and your wife's gonna have a baby boy, gonna name him John the Baptist in chapter one of Luke. And I, and I guess imagine Zacharias saying to the angel, that's a, that's, that, I quit praying that prayer when I hit my 40s. I quit praying that prayer when my wife got really old. Now you're standing here before me telling me I'm going to have a boy. And my Elizabeth, my wife's going to have a baby boy and we're going to name it John. And in the middle of that chapter one, 
The angel hears Zacharias talk about, how can this be? We're old. That's an old prayer. And you can almost see Gabriel push his bottom lip out, stand forward and say, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. Because you don't believe, you're not going to say a word until John is born. You see, Zacharias need to learn the beauty of waiting. Amen? And if we don't learn the beauty of waiting, sometimes we'll say things we shouldn't say. We'll feel things we shouldn't feel. Amen? Anybody getting anything out of this tonight? I hope you are. I hope you're understanding that this is the key verse. To they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. We sing the song. And so many times we don't understand the intent of it. We know that the Isaiah chapter 40, the last part of it talks about even the youth shall faint. Talks about the youth will be strengthened. And then he puts the crown on the end of this chapter. It says, but your life is a wreck, but your past is shambles, but you're weak to the core, but you're drained and you're weary, but you don't know where to turn, but you don't know which way to go, but you don't, you, you, you feel cheated in life, but Amen? I want you to know, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. See, there's some things that I can't do. I can't run across the yard to Disney World and feel better. I can't run and do something and make me feel better. I can't go shopping, make me feel better. That'd make me feel worse, but some ladies like to shop. And uh, so, you know, I, I can't go fishing and make me feel better. You might forget it for a little bit, especially if you get a 10-pound bass on the line. Amen? But they that wait upon the Lord, and that word wait means to worship God. That word wait means to worship God in his waiting room where the commandments are, where the presence of God is. You see, the waiting room is the holding room for you to get the smear of the anointing on you. Somebody didn't, uh, some of you did not understand what I just said. You, you, I'm not going to go into detail about that because of the sake of time. But I do want to say that the waiting room is where God really prepares you to go out into the battle. The waiting room is where God really prepares you to step out into the presence of the Lord. The waiting room is God's place in which he can condition you so that you will not feel that you've wasted your life. You, let, no prayer is wasted. <coughs> no worshiping God is wasted. No, no time with the presence of the Lord is wasted. God remembers every prayer. And right now, every prayer, every tear that you've ever cried, every prayer, every tear that you've ever cried is gathering around the throne of God right now for the return of Jesus Christ when you return home on the sea of glass. 
Your prayers await you home. Your worship awaits you home. Your tears await you home. So understand that every prayer you're sending ahead, every tear you're sending ahead, every moment in worship you're sending ahead, because most of us, like me, don't remember what you prayed last week. That thing that was so serious a year ago that you had to have, you can't even remember what it was. But God hasn't forgotten one prayer. He hasn't forgotten one prayer. And it's not so much the prayer you pray. It's the dependence and the trust you have in God by your prayers. Isn't that good? But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, renew their vision, renew their joy, Renew their strength, yes, renew their goals, renew their power, renew their refreshing, renew their trust in the Lord, renew their faith in the Lord. They that, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on the runway of patience, mount up on the runway of going into the heavenlies above the flashing storms, above the lightning flashing, above the torrential rains coming, to fly above like an eagle soaring above. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up like eagles. And the storm is just a blowing and a blowing and a blowing. The rain is just a dashing the ground. The storm's coming, the lightning's coming, the hell is beating the ground, and you're just up there doing this. Just flying around. I meet a lot of folks that's kind of like this. Just flying around. But sometimes you got to come to ground. Sometimes you got to come down. But let me encourage you, if you're in the air soaring like an eagle, don't come to ground full stop. Don't come to ground standing firm. Come to ground running. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Mount up with wings as an eagle. They shall run. Amen? Little, little, little bit of tip for you. If you're in the air and you're coming down, your feet better be going this, or you're going to have a problem when you hit the ground. Amen? And they shall run. The Bible's very clear. They shall run and not be weary. You know, when you're jumping hurdles, you don't walk up to them like this and try to jump them. When you're jumping hurdles, you don't go up to them and go, mm, unless you're the bionic man, and you're not. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. But if you're going to jump hurdles, how many had track in school? Jump hurdles. You need to get a good run. If you're going to jump that barrier, you got to run, and running jumps, you jump it, and you do great. Amen. When Tim and I were little playing in the Garrison Spring, we would challenge each other who can jump over the, 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 the stream. And Tim was younger than I, so he would pick a small stream. Where the, where the garrison spring wasn't very wide, and he'd say, I can jump over that. And I said, sure you can. And then I'd say, well, let me pick the place. And Tim said, okay, I'll let you. And I'd pick a place that was pretty wide, maybe four feet wide. 
five feet wide. And Tim would say, I can jump over that. And he started to just jump. I said, no, brother, back up on the hill and get a run. Jump over it. And he did. It was wonderful. He landed in the middle of the creek. It was awesome. But you've got to get a run if you're going to jump the hurdles. And let me know that God wants people that will run fast enough that when they hit an opposition, they'll just leap over it. God wants his children so full of his spirit, so anointed, and so trusting in the Lord that when you're running, you're running for a purpose. You're, you can jump over that storm. You can jump over that sickness. You can jump over that trial. You can jump over that hurdle. And you can do it without being weary. And then sometimes you just got to walk. Just got to walk. He walk and not faint. The older I get, the more I understand that verse. You walk and not faint. Amen? Because you see, you've just been flying. You landed really moving fast. You've been running, jumping hurdles. Now your feet are just barely moving because now you're walking. And the just shall walk by faith. And so we're walking because we're weary. But the Bible says that even though we're weary, we will not faint. When you run, you're not weary. But when you go down and you begin to walk, you, 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 you will not faint. And there, the whole lesson of this waiting on the Lord is for you to never, never, ever give up. That's the lesson of this. The key verse to waiting on the Lord is Isaiah 40, verse 31. Waiting on the Lord. Honoring the Lord. Amen. Instead of complaining about God not coming through for you, we need to worship the Lord. Maybe God has some other things he wants us to do. Amen? See, we can't dictate to God what we want to do. God doesn't, you know, he's not, that's not how he runs things. God guides us and directs us in the paths that we want to, he wants us to go. And sometimes you may bring more glory to God. By someone watching from afar off, seeing you go through a hard time, and they say, wow, there's got to be something in him holding him together that's more than just a man. And we need to live a life that the whole world around us, all our neighbors, look at us and say, that's more than just a woman. That's more than just a man. They've got a power inside them that I haven't got. And that's the testimony that all of us have to have. No matter what we face, God heals, yes. God delivers, absolutely. God performs miracles, amen. But in the process of waiting, let's worship. Let's worship the Lord. Let's, let's, let's wait in the waiting room with God. Let's don't wait in the waiting room alone. If you're like me, you go to the doctor and you're in the waiting room and you pick up the magazine, you're looking through it, and you're not interested in the magazine, and then you're thinking, I should have brought my glasses in. And then you're looking at the magazine, and you're thinking, boy, this is a waste of time. Then the receptionist says, come up here, you got to fill out some paperwork, and now you can't even see the paper, let alone the paperwork. And you're sitting in there, and you're doing homework, you're sitting in there doing paperwork, and you're sitting in there in that waiting room, and you're wasting your time. Amen. 
I don't waste my time in waiting rooms anymore. I'd let Judy fill out my paperwork. Amen. And uh, every man ought to have a good wife to fill out all the paperwork. That's right, Chris. Amen. You can do all things through your wife when she strengthens you. That's beautiful. I went to a waiting room one time up in, at the doctor, and I was in a suit and tie. We'd had a funeral or something. I don't know what it was, but I was really dressed up pretty, pretty you know, churchy. And I had my tie on. I went into the waiting room. I'm sitting down. I'm looking at the magazine, pretending I'm reading, because I'm not. I don't have my glasses on. I've got this tie on. And this black lady and this white lady were together, and they were sitting there. And the white lady says, they're talking to each other. I'm just listening in. And, you know, I'm, I'm eavesdropping. And, 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 they're listening. And, and then the white lady says to her friend, I bet he's a lawyer. And the black lady said, that ain't no lawyer, girl. That, that's a preacher. The white lady said, no, no, I, I bet he's a car salesman. No, girl, that ain't no car salesman. He's a preacher. The lady said to her friend, I bet he's a, I bet he's a principal at a school or something like that. No, she said, no, no, girl. That's not, he, he, I'm telling you, he's a preacher. And I'm listening in. And I get up, they call my name, and I get up, and I start to walk to the door to go in the examination room. And the two ladies stopped me and said, well, aren't you going to tell us? I said, tell you what, what are you, boy? Who are you? What do you do for a living? And I said, I'm a preacher. And the black lady said, I told you there. I, I told you that wasn't no car salesman. I told you that wasn't no lawyer. That's a preacher. And the white lady says, how did you know? How did you know he was a preacher? And I'm walking slowly because I want to hear the rest of the story. And I'm walking slowly. And, and, and the black lady said, because he had that God look all over his face. Amen. Amen. If you want the God look all over your face, you got to spend time in the waiting room with Jesus. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Stand with me. God's going to heal and deliver and bless. Sister Nimmer's going to have surgery, what is it, Wednesday, a week from the night. We'll pray the Lord to heal her body, and, and the doctors will do their job with great Holy Ghost skill. She's going to come forward, and we're going to pray for her. I want to encourage you, don't give up. Life, you know, life can be hard. Life, we can go through hard times. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And we need to renew our strength. We're living in the last days. We need strength like we've never needed it before. No wonder Isaiah 40 verse 31 is one of the most popular verses in the Old Testament. Because it is the key to how to wait on the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew, refresh their strength. Altar 
It's open. You come as Josh plays and sings.